Greetings, everyone. My name is Dave. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We're on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. Every individual making these choices today will help create a legacy of good health and wellness for the next generation. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from people who have experienced awesome changes with the plant-based lifestyle. We'll also feature other amazing individuals whose voices help with our mission. Today, we're talking to a woman who is living out her dreams, living abroad, and inspiring others as a global outreach professional and wellness coach. She says she was once tired and miserable, but with the career and diet change, she quickly dropped pounds and gained energy. And now she's passionate about helping others get on the path to wellness. Grab your tea and take a seat. Here's her story. Naomi Israel, the founder of Diverse Vegan, a global online community platform that shares ideas and builds community around veganism with an unbiased approach. We're so glad to have her here with us to talk about her plant-based journey here and abroad and her work to spread awareness of organic farming and healthy eating to communities across the world. Thank you for joining us today, Naomi. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful introduction. I tried to read. I tried to get a little knowledge and background knowledge. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, let's get started by learning more about you. Where are you from? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, hi, Stacy. Hi, everybody. Um, so, I'm Naomi. I am from Chicago, Illinois, uh, southeast side, born and raised. So, you, you, I just, I'm, I love your story already, I have to say. So, you're from Chicago, but you've been a lot of places so and and I I love your mission like the diverse vegan so just like let's go back to the beginning like how how long have you been vegan and what inspired you to embrace this lifestyle absolutely so I became vegan January 8th of 2014 so a little over six years now and to be honest um I had a hard time uh becoming vegan in 2014. Um, I had struggled uh, with trying to be vegetarian back in 2012 and 13. And you know how it is. It's like you want to try to do something to instill change in your diet. You know, I I didn't have a lot of energy. Um, I was you know, I grew up being athletic, but when I went to college, I gained weight and and I was I wasn't happy with how I was looking. And so in you know, 2012 and 2013, I tried being vegetarian at least five times. And mm-hmm. and it kept, you know, I kept losing, right? I kept losing to cheese or I kept losing, oh, yes. you know, to <laughs> to to uh, chicken or burgers. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so one day it was during um, the Christmas season in 2013 and um, a sibling who... I was uh, living with at the time, uh, she had to prepare her medicine box. 
and it was a seven day medicine box and had all these pills on the table. And I had asked her, I had said, well, how many pills do you take a day? And she said, 15. And I said, you take 15 pills a day. And she said, yeah, for everything from, you know, diabetes to heart, you know, pressure to all these other things. And, and just listening to her story and, and it, you know, it made me think, you know, if I keep going the way that I'm going, that's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I said, okay, well, this Christmas is going to be my last meat Christmas. And in January of 2014, I'm going cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that. And I started with um, Forks Over Knives, which has the 28-day uh, plant-based challenge. And I kid you not, Stacy, it changed my life. Wow. Wow. So what is it about Forks Over Knives exactly that, because you, you talked about like you tried this before and, and then you, you had the experience of seeing your sister having to deal with all these medications. So I know that made a huge impact, but what did you learn? What did you get from like Forks Over Knives that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing, you know, I, I didn't really know a lot about healthy cooking, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when in my, you know, childhood, you know, being from a, a black family, there's fried chicken, there's greens and cornbread. And so you use oils and butters. And, and so that's kind of how I knew how to cook, whereby Forks Over Knives, it was a oil-free, butter-free 28-day challenge. Mm -hmm. And so every day I would look at a recipe and they would say, for instance, you're going to roast a sweet potato um, and you're not going to use anything, but just you know, seasoning and spices. And I thought to myself, how in the heck is this not going to burn? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I was, so every day it was like a reawakening. It was, it was exciting. And so that's what I kind of tell people now, like think of your plant-based journey as like a scavenger hunt whereby you're learning different things and it's just so exciting. And so Forks Over Knives did that to me. And so after the 28 days, I said, okay, well, now I know I want to eventually become whole food plant-based, but now I'm just going to, you know, focus on being vegan. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that started. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> so you were probably, I don't know, did you have any friends or family members that were going, like going, taking this path with you or was it just you? To this day, six years later, I'm still the only vegan in my home. Okay. And in my, you know, I have a cousin who lives uh, in Portland, Oregon, and he's been vegetarian for over 20 something years, but um, I don't see him that much. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, my immediate family. And, and it's funny because they still like crack on me and crack jokes today. Like, oh, you sure you don't want this chicken right. leg or something? <laughs> and I'm like, guys, it's been six years. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> yes. So, so I guess their response to you was kind of like, this is probably just a, a phase that she's going to just going through, but she'll be back probably. Exactly. Exactly. Because I had failed so many times mm -hmm. before with being vegetarian. So they would say, okay, well, we'll give her another like two weeks, you know, we'll give her until, uh, like February and then February came and, and then, you know, it just kind of kept going and going. And then once they really saw, and here's the interesting thing, um, not just the weight loss, but also the energy, you know, I was happy. I was, I was learning more about my body and, and nutrition. 
and reading more books and I was sharing with them, you know, what I was learning and they said, wow, maybe she's on to something. So maybe she's going to be in this for the long run. Mm-hmm. So what are the, some of the things that, so you talked about like you growing up, like the eating style, the things you were used to. So what, what, the, what does the new plate look like now as far as oh. breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Well, here's the thing, Stacey. So six years in, I have my, my plant-based journey has, it's had a journey on its own, right? I know, you know so. I know, it does, it does. <laughs> I, I understand, I know what that means, yeah. <laughs> right, so, you know, the the first, uh, you know, year or so, it was all the the vegan junk food, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're looking online and you're like, oh, here's a bread and a cheese and all these burgers. And so, you know, you you have that processed food journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And and then you go from there to being, okay, well, I want to try to cut that out some, maybe include more vegetables in my diet. Um, let's see about vegetables and fruits. And so um, now my plates, cause I, and I also was um, raw vegan for about a year and a half as well. Mm-hmm. So so now I'm, I'm really just stuck on nuts and dates as my go-to for uh, protein and calcium and fiber, things like that. Um, chickpeas. Uh, sometimes I do, uh, like vegetables, but my main source of, of intake is fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also because I'm, I'm an athlete as well. So I, I do enjoy playing volleyball. I'm not a pro. I mm-hmm. wish I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I do enjoy weightlifting and working out. So, so eating very light and clean works for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I do understand that, that process of the plant-based journey being a journey in itself. Yes. Because I know when I started out, I started out vegetarian and I was <laughs> I was totally all about processed foods. Like everything yeah. was in a box or a can. I ate a lot of frozen dinners. Just yes. so, yeah, I totally get that. And then I became vegetarian. I'm not vegetarian, but I came vegan like probably around the time you did back in 20. I think it was 2013 or something like oh, that. But okay. but yeah, it's it's all been a process. When I met my husband, he was all raw and I, I tried to do that. <laughs> It, 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 that is a completely different journey mm-hmm. too. Yes, yes, it is. And it's a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Like there's so mm-hmm. much you can do with it. Like on the surface, mm-hmm. you think, okay, what are you eating if you're eating mm-hmm. raw? But there's actually a lot that you can do with it. Yeah. Um, but it takes planning and like anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from when you talk about your, your diet in itself being a journey. Um, so tell me about diverse vegan how did that come about what what was your inspiration for starting it (laughs) okay so um so like so like we said earlier like I'm from Chicago but I have not lived in the U.S. uh since 2013 as well um so yeah I've lived in Brazil I was there for three years and then the last two years I was in Morocco and now I'm living in England um but Diverse Vegan, it started when I was in Morocco in August of 2018. And the reason being is because it started out just as a joke. Because in Morocco, especially in rural Morocco, where you have a lot of women and children who kind of stay home. Um, I was working with them. I, I uh, do uh, teaching and, and human and community development work. And um, I told them about my plant-based lifestyle and they just didn't get it. They say, wait, so you don't eat fish. You don't eat, you know, chicken. Like how, you know, I don't know how you can live. And so 
at the time I was there for one year and I was becoming more acquainted with the community and they were intrigued. They said, you know what? I would love if you maybe shared your story or you shared uh, success and tips. You know, I would love to know what that what that looks like. And I thought, hmm, well, that could be an idea. You know, I know there's a lot of people already on, on social media who share their, their food and some tips, but they really don't have that perspective, at least from what I've seen, of a black woman in Chicago who's traveling and, and trying to figure out what those um, situations are when you travel and you try to find food. Mm. And so I thought, okay, well, let me try Diverse Vegan. And, and so the word Diverse Vegan came about because anyone could essentially be a Diverse Vegan. It's not catered to those who are vegan or plant-based, but those who are on a journey, whether it's just to be more healthy or to be more physically fit. Um, so that diversity comes from all, wa- all walks of life. And then the vegan aspect is just how to eat more plant-based. And so that's how Diverse Vegan came about. So you've, you've been abroad for a long time. <laughs> that's, and as a vegan, that's, that's to me, that sounds like a, an amazing accomplishment because <laughs> I can't, um, I have problems going to Alabama mm-hmm. eating, like keeping a v- vegan diet, just thinking about the options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to tell us more about like that whole experience of, you know, traveling and living in all these different places. Absolutely. With the- it, it's very hard, you know, but, but it's, it's not impossible. That's the thing. A lot of people, they go abroad and they say, okay, well, I'm only going to be away for two weeks on holiday. I'll kick back up veganism when I get home and and you don't want to think that way you you almost want to think the opposite like okay hey I'm here for two weeks I want to see what I can find right and so you have the barrier of the language if you don't know the language and then sometimes and in most cases you're kind of just eating to survive right Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes all you see you see a fruit stand and you see like a a nut stand and so you're getting that fruit and nuts but then there's other times where there's bread and and there's uh beans and lentils and most of these uh, countries they don't put meat in their beans or lentils Mm -hmm. so that's something else to consider um and then there's just a lot of just uh, you know you wouldn't think about it but a lot of these countries have um, different treats and desserts that are plant-based as well. So that's the whole scavenger hunt approach to it that, you know, it, it is, it is a headache. And sometimes you're thinking, wow, I wish I could just, you know, have a vegan burger <laughs> or something. Yes. <laughs> um, but I will tell you the one secret that almost every country has, and that is falafel and falafel mm. is almost always plant-based. So you can't go wrong. Yes. That's a good tip. Dave loves falafel. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But I just I just love that. I really do uh, that because it's so true that sometimes it's it's just it's because sometimes when we travel, it's kind of like you want to be a foodie and you want to enjoy like all these different things. But sometimes it's just all about the basics and just having connecting the dots with the basics. You don't have to be fancy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you know what, Stacey, I'll be honest with you, because I was talking to a friend the other day whereby they said, well, Naomi, you used to love food, but now you don't eat that much. And for me, just like you said, you want to go out and experiment being a foodie. But with me being away for so long, I've I've become used to just 
eating what was available. And so Mm -hmm. now living in England, it's like, oh my God, I have a million choices to choose from, but all I want is a bowl of fruit and vegetables. And they're like, Naomi, you know, why don't you splurge a little? So this lockdown has actually helped to expand my palate. Wow, there's so much to talk (laughs) about. I'm just like, okay, okay, so... You you started out in Brazil, right? Yes. And you kind of you kind of moved around. I moved around. And, and you went to Morocco, mm-hmm. and now you're in in England. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> How do you compare those experiences? Can you like talk about a little bit about your experiences? You know, eating like in the culture of eating in each place that you've been to, yeah. and how it's changed and evolved and. What impact is, uh, you've already talked about the impact, like right now you can see the impact where you kind of m- become a minimalist when, it's be- when it comes to eating. Exactly. And, and a true minimalist by, by nature now. But, um, but I will say just really quick, so I've, I've loved Brazil. I, I've, I speak uh, Portuguese and a little bit of, of Arabic as well. But um, I've loved Portu- uh, Portuguese and the Brazilian culture for the past 15 years. Um, so for me, um, living and working in Brazil was a dream come true. Um, so in Brazil, uh, very, very huge amounts of abundance of food. You have açaí, you have, um, you know, rice and beans, which is the staple of Brazil, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and there's certain beans that don't have meat. And then there's the typical feijoada where that is the, the black bean, uh, dish. Um, but I was living in the Amazonian region at the time. So just imagine all of the different fruits that you can just mm. see and taste. And, and you can walk to, to like a river and you would see a banana tree and you, or you would yeah. see a, a berry tree. And, and so for me, it was exciting because that's kind of where I, I enjoyed a variety of different fruits. Um, so for me, and, you know, and Brazil just has that rich culture and... Um, even vegetables. I remember uh, every Sunday there's this amazing market and you would go and just buy all of these different produce and fruits and it would be super cheap. And so you have fruit Mm -hmm. for, you know, about a week and a half. So that was my first real experience of being abroad and, and understanding, wow, you can really eat vegan and not live in the U.S., right? Right. Um, and so when you transfer to Morocco, whereby it's a very heavy meat country, um, I'll be honest, it was, it was hard because there, there's a lot of uh, meat stands where the meat is, mm-hmm. is dangling and people are ordering it fresh and, and it's halal meat. So, it, but the smell was just excruciating to the nose. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also have uh, smaller markets um, and you had farmers whereby they would, you know, pick their produce from their farm and sell it to the market. And so Diverse Vegan also became a part of the farmer's market in Morocco. That's where the farming aspect came in because I was becoming one with the locals and the farms. And I would ask them, well, how do you, you know, produce your 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 produce and, and, you know, how do you make a living? And, and just having that dialogue with the farmers really inspired me to want to share that, that story, um, on the platform. So, um, the hardest thing about Morocco also was the bread, because by this time I wasn't eating any bread in, in Brazil. 
So my body wasn't used to it, but but bread is the staple in Morocco at every meal. So after a while, I, mm-hmm. I, I gave up eating cooked food and I went just raw. So in Morocco, I was just mm-hmm. a raw vegan and I... It was great. I it was like something completely different, and um, I felt good, and my skin felt good, and my hair was growing. Um, so it was a great experience um, for the raw uh, side, because I never would, I never would have went raw. You know, I was thinking, oh my god, like like we said mm-hmm. earlier, I was like, oh raw, it's just that's too much for me. <laughs> I I need something cooked. <laughs> Um, so then as I mm-hmm. transferred now to being in England, whereby the vegan market here has, to be honest, it has surpassed the market in the U.S. by far. You know, every, before, you know, pre-coronavirus, um, mm-hmm. restaurants, uh, new dishes, everything was just popping up every week. And, and for me, it's like being at a Willy Wonka candy store. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my God, I need to try all this stuff. And but my body is like, I don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so each country has presented has presented its own benefits and weaknesses. Yes, that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty <laughs> cool experience. It's been a blessing for sure. So, I guess your your occupation kind of sent you to live in different places to get started with the traveling exactly so i i call myself a global outreach professional so what that means is um sometimes i teach english i'm certified to teach um english as a foreign language to adults and youth um but i also have a nutritional certification whereby i can talk about um you know personal and human development and also working within communities to um, work with sustainable projects as well. Um, so um, my my projects, so I, I have contracts that are mostly two years. Um, and so that's how I'm able to live um, abroad for a, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's pretty awesome. That's like... I think people talk about like having a, a a lifestyle that supports your passions and and I think that's pretty awesome that you're able Thank to do you. that. Yeah, it wasn't always easy. I, I was a banker before in 2013 for seven years. I um I worked as a personal banker for Citibank and Stacy. Mm-hmm. I hated it. <laughs> I would come home and cry all the time because I said I'm not helping people because I'm I'm truly a giver at heart. Um, mm-hmm. I love helping others. I love to motivate and inspire. And I feel like this has been my, my calling and my passion. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, Naomi, how do you have so much money for this? And this is where the minimalistic approach to my living comes from. Not, you know, many people like live to eat, whereby mm-hmm. I like to just, you know, eat to live. Right. So I, I, I don't mm-hmm. like to overindulge. I like to just eat what I need to give me the strength that I need to keep moving. And my form of wealth is when I'm able to help others. That's my form of payment. And it makes me feel good. I love that. Yes. Yes. It's, 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 a, it's a big contrast, too, to what people are traditionally thinking. Like when you're like here in America is basically like the more stuff you have, 
<laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like yes. you're, you end up tied to your stuff and you're not able to do to pursue your yeah. your passions because you're kind of tied to your stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's it's so true. And, and getting rid of your stuff is the hardest part. Um, I, I have two suitcases. Well, it's now one and a half. So I'm going to get rid of some stuff. And that's all that's to my name. Wow. So, you know, when I do go back home to Chicago, there's some, you know, there's still some, some stiletto boots or some <laughs> pants or a cute dress, but it's like, I don't need that, you know, but that's a, that's a luxury item. If I choose to go back and I need to go somewhere fancy, mm-hmm. you know, my dream, Stacy, is to really just live on the earth and by the earth. So I want to be in nature. I love being in nature in the sun and um, just helping the land to thrive and um, and just living off of the land and thriving alongside with it. Yes. And, and you know, and, and a lot of people may say, oh my God, that's such like a, a 70s hipster thing to do. But I, I love it. I think it's the best way to live and, and the best way to not be tied down by, mm-hmm. you know, societal norms, like, you know, your stuff, for example. Yes. That has always been important, but I think it's even now, today, more important than ever. So, yes. So, um, I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, you, 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 you spoke about, like, encouraging farmers uh, on organic practices, and I guess one of the things a lot of people are confused about is the whole organic versus non-organic thing. And people uh, just shopping, uh, they're looking to save money. So a lot of times it's, it's conventional produce, but can you talk a little bit about why organic growing practices are so important? Exactly. So even, you know, in Morocco and Brazil, it's all over the world whereby people believe that, Organic is more expensive than the conventional and where they think that, okay, well, I can just eat conventional because it's pretty much being grown from the same soil and, you know, it's fine. Um, The thing with conventional farming, and I've learned this, I'm not a not an expert yet, but I do understand that with conventional farming, you do have the soil, but you have so many other components to the soil that you need to make the the crops grow. So you have the uh, pesticides, you have the other chemicals, you have just all these different fillers that are needed to help this plant grow. Now, prime example, in Morocco, there are oranges that are grown all year round. Why? Because it's one of the easiest and cheapest of fruits to grow but they have to keep growing it because so many people want to eat it so they say okay well we'll just use these chemicals to make them grow bigger and faster mm-hmm. now organic farming is where the soil is in its natural state and from there you use anything from manure from from animals who are also eating organic food so that way you have that manure to put into the soil and then when the crops grow it's a more organic approach now it takes longer right takes longer for the organic to grow versus the conventional and even though people think it's more expensive here's the kicker 
when you think about a conventional apple versus an organic apple and you see the high price for the organic honestly you're paying about the same price because you're paying for the conventional all of the fillers and chemicals that made that conventional apple an apple mm. and for the organic you're paying for a more raw more natural approach so in a way it's almost like okay well do i want to buy a louis vuitton a real one or do i want to buy mm -hmm. just a a generic <laughs> <laughs> so as like consumers uh shopping a lot of a, a lot of people are um i guess there's there's some like smaller like if you go to the farmer's market some of those farmers are not certified organic i guess because they talk about the cost of it i guess um what would you say like is what would be better like for people that are looking for the healthiest type of produce possible like what are what are the options should they be going just going to the farmers markets as opposed to a try, you know getting their produce from the grocery stores i think that's a great first step i think that because we're in this time whereby there are a lot of farmers worldwide who are growing and producing their own and selling it i think that's a great first step of getting to know your farmer and you asking them these questions i believe that farmers are honest and you know they will tell you the truth versus what's organic and if it's not organic and if they are not doing it organic they will know someone who is mm -hmm. so i would recommend as a first step yeah talking to your local farmer asking them the necessary questions and then seeing where that dialogue can take you um because again um a lot of these you know grocery stores you know they're they have to keep the fruit fresh from you know from where it goes from a to b and i can guarantee you a lot of that of how they keep it fresh is by means of using products to preserve mm -hmm. so the farmer's markets are probably the, the the first the first should be a choice if you have one in your area yes. to to get your produce Absolutely. I would say as a, as a first choice and, you know, maybe even as a second, I'm, if you're bold enough, um, maybe even going to your local grocery and asking them if they know any farmers that are nearby, you know, not, mm -hmm. not necessarily telling them you want to buy from them, but saying, Hey, you know, I really want to know who is your farmer or your, or your partner, uh, for these produce and products. Um, I think that they would, they should be open enough to sharing that information. Mm -hmm. And I think too, uh, the ch thing, another thing that's kind of people are being becoming more aware of right now is growing, growing yeah. your own food if you're able to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we can't. Some people doing what you can within your ability to grow what you can. Mm -hmm. I guess. Absolutely. Now, I I do not have a I I'm not a green thumb yet on on foods and produce, but um, I would love to say that. If you're thinking about starting of growing your own, you can start off small with herbs and spices such as basil, mm -hmm. you know, oregano, or even, you know, there may be plants that have started when you purchase them and then you just keep growing them. And there's nothing better than putting your own mint in a mint tea and just tasting, mm -hmm. tasting what you've grown. And, and like you said, if you have the space, uh, you can do it, but there are so many different ways to be creative to grow as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. I was, my mom just recently uh, started her garden in her backyard and she's growing collard greens and it's just so, (laughs) so cute because she's retired. I'm just like, that's perfect for her to do right now to, to start growing things that she routinely eats and just growing it herself instead of going to the grocery store to get it. Absolutely. So. That's exciting. I haven't had, I haven't yeah. had greens in years. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're ever in Houston, <laughs> you can come down to my mom's house and get some of her fresh I greens. Will, I, I will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about embracing a, a plant-based lifestyle? Or somebody that might be like we were in the beginning, just kind of trying to have having problems sticking to it. My my advice would be to one, take it step by step. A lot of people try to go from zero to 100. And I never think that that's the right approach. I think maybe including, hey, three or four days a week, I'm going to try a different vegetable and I'm going to incorporate that into my meal. And then week mm-hmm. two, I'm going to, you know, try to add more fruits to my breakfast. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that taking little mini goals and boosting them up every week or so um, would be the right approach. Um, scientists say that it takes the body 30 to 45 days to adjust to any, you know, drastic change. So if mm-hmm. you can commit to that for 30 to 45 days and just every week increasing um, you'll be on the right track. Um, secondly, and I'm, I may get some fluff about this, so I do apologize in advance, but I would like to tell people who are thinking about it not to look too hard into the documentaries because I think mm-hmm. that they, they do more scaring than educating. And, and I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people think that that is a, a good approach to it. Um, but I think that more documentaries that talk about food, such as um, Forks Over Knives or um, What the Health, more educational documentaries will do more benefit than harm because mm-hmm. they will help to expand and open your eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And lastly, I just want to say have fun with the process. That's another thing. A lot of people think when they have to switch diet is not fun. They have to give up everything. No, have fun with it. Enjoy it and try new things. And and I guarantee you, you'll be amazed. Yes, I think that's a that's that's some good advice, because oftentimes people think that they're giving up so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they'll never have their they'll never have their favorite stuff again. And it doesn't have to be like that thought process at all. So true. So do you have any um, like favorite inspirational resources that you could share with us? I do, actually. Um, I enjoy um, a a few people. Uh, Tabitha Brown is a great resource. Um, I love her Instagram videos, um, her uh, IGTV, where she actually makes food. And, and, you know, she really invites the audience into her kitchen. Um, I enjoy, um, badass vegan, John Lewis, who is also great at providing inspiration and, um, just good thought processy quotes and dialogue and, um, Johnny the juicer. Um, I, I would love to be a juicer 24 seven, but I, I tip my hat off to him because he, you know, he has very good ways of bringing about different recipes and juices and, 
I think that's good. And I love to read and, and, you know, all types of books as well. So I'll be sure I can, I can share those with you and give you the correct title and authors um, after this, if you like. Yeah, I would love that. So we'll include that in the resources on the resource page on the website for this episode. So, okay. So what's the next thing you hope to accomplish with Diverse Vegan? All right, Stacey. So this is the big million dollar question that I still <laughs> I still <laughs> ask myself today. Um, so I have not been on Diverse Vegan uh, for six months. And the reason being was because I was transitioning from Morocco. You know, I thought that I was producing a good content, but it was a lot of content and I'm the only person working on the platform. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt as though, um, even though I'm always authentic and I'm always myself, I kind of felt that I was making diverse vegan its own brand and not including Naomi in diverse vegan. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take a step back. I wasn't expecting it to be six months, but here we are. But now as the relaunch, which will be relaunched this month, I want to, you know, pair the two because Naomi is diverse vegan and Naomi wants to encourage others to be diverse vegans as well. So with this relaunch, I want to kind of talk about um, how to remain healthy during this whole pandemic. You know, things that I've done, um, my go-to recipes and even cheat days because no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to talk about, um, you know, highlighting and recommending different foods and restaurants and, and people who have inspired me uh, throughout the years. Um, and then just really just talking more about, you know, who I am as a person, how I've been able to be vegan during um, my travels, um, especially as a black woman and um, just bringing people along the way and more so of a, of being a consultant, right? So that, that's the Mm -hmm. long-term goal is to help those who, whether they're trying to become a vegan or plant-based or if they're just trying to just incorporate more healthy measures into their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where I want to, you know, focus it now and, and, you know, just have fun with it. You know, this, this whole lockdown has really shown me how we really shouldn't take life too seriously. You know, live for the moment, enjoy, help others. And um, that's what I want to bring about with DV. Yes. So how can people connect with you and learn more about you and everything you're doing? Exactly. So you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Diverse Vegan. Uh, coming up this month, there will be a website um, that will be launched as well. So people can, you know, comment and become part of the DV tribe. Um, but for now, I'm on all platforms of social media. So again, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the moment. Okay. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to add? I really think that we've covered a lot, you know, for, for me, again, it's just, I, I just want people to just really just understand that I'm, I'm not another one of those vegans that are trying to push veganism to you. Um, my work involves, like you've mentioned earlier, spreading knowledge and, you know, helping you by sharing my experiences and tips and, and, um, just being a true minimalist and, enjoying all the beauties that life gives you. 
Well, you're doing an excellent job in everything that you're doing. You're like, you're so inspiring. And there's so many people that are going to benefit from all the information that you're, you're putting out and sharing with others. I mean, it's what you're doing is so unique. And so I'm so glad that you're sharing that experience with others because other people I'm sure are looking to do like follow and do the same things and you're making it, you're showing that it's possible because <laughs> like I said, I'm just like, there's so many challenges that you can find to, to do the things that you want to do. And you're like breaking down all those walls and making it happen. So Absolutely. Thank it's been you. a blessing. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. It's been, I'm so, it's been an honor and a pleasure. You know, I I've listened to your podcast in the past and I just love what you guys are doing, you and Dave. And so Thank you. Thank you for helping put our voices out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> that. We appreciate that. Thanks again, Naomi, for taking the time to share with us. We really enjoyed speaking with you. So now it's time for summer, summer, summer time. And that means it is watermelon season. Yay! Nature is a beautiful thing, isn't it? To start with such modest of black seed and develop into this beautiful display of life that puts so many other fruits to shame. How many other fruits leave mankind waiting eagerly coveting this royalty of foods each summer? Unlike dragon fruit, watermelon humbly shows that it's all about what's on the inside. This fruit needs no fancy shell. With dignity, the watermelon yields fancy names and exotic skins to the more cavalier fruits. It's as simple as it gets. Just a melon with a plethora of sweet water. 90% water to be exact, which makes it the perfect summertime food to provide hydration and energy. The fruit boasts vitamin C, potassium, and vitamin A to go along with that water. Watermelon is also a great source of lycopene, a powerful antioxidant responsible for the red color. In fact, fresh watermelon is a better source of lycopene than tomatoes. The elemental makeup of watermelon has been proven to be beneficial for blood pressure, digestion, brain health, skin, muscle recovery, amongst other things. Did you know that you can eat the white part of the rind? In fact, this part of the watermelon contains a rich source of the amino acid citrulline. Citrulline plays an important role in the synthesis of nitric oxide, which helps lower blood pressure by dilating and relaxing your blood vessels. Before we go, we have another listener question. One of the listeners from Pearland, Texas asked, what are some healthy snacks that I can keep on hand when I'm out and on the go? I love this question because with two vegan children, I have to keep snacks on hand 24-7. <laughs> and I'm really into simple whole food snacks that are easy to carry. We like to have things like dried fruit, raisins, blueberries, cherries, cranberries, mangoes, goji berries, apricots. There's all types of dried fruits you can have on hand. They don't spoil, so they're easy to just kind of throw into a little bag and grab it whenever you need it. And if you do not have a nut allergy, you can also pack things like cashews, pecans, almonds, pistachios, and walnuts. We 
love sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds because we have nut allergies. <laughs> I also like to pack pretzels or popcorn seasoned with nutritional yeast. Other ideas are homemade bars, energy balls, granola, and healthy cookies. Fresh fruit also packs well. Things like blueberries, grapes, bananas, apples, and oranges. I also like to carry sliced carrots and celery sticks. We use sunflower butter as a fruit dip, and nut butters also work well too. Hummus is also good with fresh vegetables or slices of bread or crackers. And we used to buy those roasted chickpeas in the bag a lot, but they're also really easy to make. And the last thing I would say, smoothies. Smoothies are great things to have on the go to grab as well. Uh, some tips related to that. When you're getting that dried fruit, try to make sure that you don't get anything with added sugars. There are some uh, brands and um, companies out there that are doing things with just drying the fruit and uh, not adding anything else extra to it. Also, try to get raw nuts if you can. Um, instead of nuts that have been seasoned with uh, salts and roasted, uh, it could be high in sodium if you get those. So you could do your own seasoning of your nuts and seeds. That goes for seeds also. As far as the fresh fruit part, uh, what you can do is grab some mason jars and cut up the fruit and uh, just do different mixtures, whatever you're filling. Um, you can cut apples up, oranges, um, put it together with mangoes, and you could do something like ginger with uh, mint and or basil. Um, you could just do various varieties and throw them in mason jars and put them in the refrigerator. They'll be ready to grab and go, boom, for a picnic or whatever you want to do. Do you have a question? We want to hear from you. Send us your question through the contact us link on plantchangemylife.com. We love spreading the word about a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet. And we want to invite you to join us in the movement. So make today the day you grab a Plants Change My Life t-shirt for yourself or someone you love. We just launched a campaign to sell 100 shirts in 21 days. And now you can choose from a wider variety of colors, sizes, and styles. So just visit plantschangemylife.com and click on merch to get to the campaign page. Thanks to everybody who supported us so far. Um, we really, really appreciate that support. We're getting closer to our goal. So we're just asking that you keep spreading the word. Thank you for listening to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us at Plants Change My Life on Instagram and Facebook. And also, you can head over to PlantsChangeMyLife.com for additional information about the show and the resources mentioned. Also, if you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at stories at PlantsChangeMyLife.com. Respect and always remember, when you eat good, you reap good.